Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bench with Carter Eichel. This is episode 107. I'm your host, Carter E., joined as always by my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. of InstaImage.com. Jeff, you haven't been sick for the last week. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. It's uh, We're getting ever closer to that home basketball game, and I'm like super excited, and it's taken way too long. Yeah, Carson uh, Carson High basketball is playing its first league home game this Thursday. Uh, I believe to this point, the boys played one, you know, kind of, I mean, it counted, but one scrimmage game against Wooster, and that's that's been about it as far as the home games are concerned so far on the, the Carson side of things. So a little a little slow going out of the gate here for, uh, for the Senators, but lots to talk about today on the podcast. We'll get into more basketball stuff here. In just a second, of course, we will also take a look at the Cody Lauk Invitational, where both teams did really well between Carson and Dayton there. So a lot of a lot of results to get through there. Those are also in Wednesday's paper that will be in Wednesday's Nevada Appeal and Record Courier. Uh, but first, before we get into the rest of the episode, would like to thank today's title sponsor. That is Played Against Sports, your best place to go for new or gently used sporting equipment needs located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center, or you can check them out online at www.playedagainstsports.com. Yeah, Jeff, it's taken a second for us to really kick off the, the basketball season, so to speak. I know Douglas has played a few home games to this point, but uh, the Senators will get their first league test this Thursday against Spanish Springs. Honestly, could be could be a doozy on both sides of things. I know the Spanish Spring girls are are back in form, um, looking. I think they were four and three or five and three to this point, whereas the Carson girls are sitting at three and three, coming off a loss to an unbeaten uh, Pershing County team. On the boys' side, uh, Spanish Springs a little down this year. Uh, I think they're sitting at zero and five so far this season. It's just you know, boy, sometimes the program these programs go. You you lose a couple guys or people. People transfer, or a couple, you know, an important class graduates, and sometimes it takes a second to get the the next the next group in line and uh, and rolling right away. Um, and it's it's showing so far for for Spanish Springs, but that it should be a good good first look at uh, this 4A North competition and seeing where where Carson stacks up because that'll be a really good litmus test for the Senators on both sides of things to get the league home slate started. So. That will be be fun to look forward to on Thursday. You can, of course, check out our coverage online at NevadaAppealAndRecordCourier.com. Uh, Carson, through its first five games, has has some stats up. Obviously, like I said, they have, they've played six, but we have stats through, through five to this point. Uh, Muhammad Fall has been the Senators' leading scorer uh, to this point, averaging 11.5 points per game, two steals per game as well, which is pretty impressive he and isaac chambers lead the team in that regard carson averaging about eight uh steals per game there uh j j pith banco justin moore and landon hoff all averaging right around seven points per contest for carson then of course uh demarcus brewster and jordan tabaracci with over five points per game as well so very curious to see them again in person see what they look like against some of the league competition there um over on the girl side like i said they are three and three coming off of a 
lost to Pershing County, I believe by was about 11 points there. So, um, no stats for the Carson girls in for the last couple games, but no hint there. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I didn't get didn't get all upset on Twitter about that earlier either. It wasn't it wasn't just Carson for the record. I was it was a all encompassing statement. But yeah, let's get those stats in, people. Let's get get those moving. Um, it's extremely helpful not only for me, but I know the kids want to see them too. Um, got liked by enough enough kids on Twitter when I complained. So. Let's let's get that taken care of. Um, this past weekend, Douglas High School inducted a new class into their basketball Hall of Fame. We'll have more on that coming this Saturday in uh, the newspaper. There, a couple of uh, very worthy uh, honorees. Unfortunately, I couldn't make that. I've been dealing with some some sickness. Uh, got finally got the the COVID after all these years. So. Uh, trying to trying to bounce back from that, but I'm feeling feeling just about 100 percent uh, now. For the Douglas boys, though, they sit at one and seven, having a little bit of a, a little bit of a tough start here in the early going. And I, you know, I think it's just kind of figuring out those other pieces. Um, right now, Caden Backer leading the way through eight games with 17.1 points per game, two and a half assists per game, two rebounds per game, and a steal and a half per game. He's putting up numbers pretty much every time they hit the floor it's trying to find you know trying to get the some of those double digit point scorers elsewhere um jet layman has done a good job of it at times he's averaging about nine and a half points per game uh also averaging three steals per contest which is pretty impressive then jeremiah pitts at six points per game then you got you know reese torres trace estes kyle Kuntz, all right under right under that four points per game mark you've seen a couple of couple of games from trace estes where he gets about eight points eight boards things like that you know uh they have they've had their moments where they've had some other other players step up but it's really just trying to get get those those pieces where they all kind of connect at the at the same time uh it's going to be going to be interesting here as they jump into league play and to be honest this uh for a north league slate is is pretty pretty wonky here to start i mean it's just you know it's always tough to tough to see who's who's kind of the, the cream of the crop here in the early portion of the season. Of course, Douglas is going to take on Reno and then Bishop Minogue uh, this coming week, this Thursday, and then Saturday. So a uh, big test for for Douglas right out of the gate when it comes to to league play. It's always always fun to see how the schedules kind of present themselves right before break uh, and what, what league teams you're going to see. Uh, but Douglas is in, in need of a win there on the boys' side, sitting at one and seven. Continuing on the boys' side, Douglas lost in their Hall of Fame game to Elko, 54-41. Uh, that's, that's now three losses in a row for the Tiger boys. Back-to-back-to-back uh, to back to back coming just over the weekend with 12 Bridges, Grants Pass, and then Elko, all of which uh, played in, in town for the Tigers. Over on the Douglas girls' side of things, they bested Elko this weekend and are still... Still rolling here to start the season, sitting at five and two. Uh, they have done a nice job so far early this season, and you know you're seeing it with some of that size. I mean, they're returning pretty much the whole lineup as we've discussed earlier. But sitting at five and two so far, leading the way for them, honestly, has been a, a whole host of players. They're 
they're not really seeing it from one person or the other or another. It's been it's been a pretty good team team effort to this point. They only have three games worth of stats on max preps, but uh, yeah, sitting at five and two so far, two and zero oh in league play. Like I said, they'll have Reno and Bishop Minogue uh, this Thursday and Saturday, so worth keeping an eye on that because, as we know, Douglas Bishop Minogue on the girls basketball side of things have been a frequent uh, meeting in the regional semifinals and or finals. So very curious to see how how that one shakes out here early on in the season. Uh, Aaliyah Weaver has been the team's leading scorer so far, but like I said, they're getting that production from pretty much anybody on any given night while Weaver's averaging right around 10 points per game. I mean, you got Asher Greenfield, who had a nice night the other night, scoring 14 points. Uh, she's averaging almost nine points per game. Zora Simpson and Haley Koontz are over eight points per game, while Koontz is grabbing about eight rebounds per game as well. She's definitely been a, a big piece for them early on as far as contributing off the glass and you know, that was one of the one of the places that Douglas girls basketball was going to have to look to replace with losing some of the size from, uh, you know, the loss of Addie Dorn, and um, obviously Candy Miller, who who didn't play last year, but have since, you know, graduated and moved on to to college. Be going to be a fun look at, at basketball here this week as we really get to uh, finally kind of dissect these these teams in the early going with a couple of. Uh, couple more league games there. Jeff, anything in particular you think we'll see from uh, Carson Spanish Springs this Thursday? Spanish Springs is usually, they normally have a pretty strong program. So I'm curious. I know they've they've lost some important seniors. Uh, so it's, it's the same thing like you just mentioned with Douglas. You're trying to find who, who's what's the new combination who's going to step up and and uh, we talked about it at the very beginning you know leadership and who's going to be the one that takes the program forward so it's going to be interesting yeah jumping over to the cody lauk invitational where both carson and douglas had really really good results douglas as a team took second place overall finishing only behind lowry uh, that's out of 26 teams in attendance so a very nice result for douglas wrestling which uh, if you missed the out season outlook for the Tigers, that was in this past Wednesday's record courier, also online as well. They've got a, the, their expectations have grown because they've got quite a bit more turnout in the wrestling room there in uh, Minden. And man, it, it's shown early on, especially with a second place finish at, at Cody Lauk. That's that's pretty impressive. We'll get through some of the the results here, but. Uh, Douglas really, really sticking to its its form here early on, especially you know when you say the expectations are raised as a coach or as a team, then you come out right away and, and show it. That's that's pretty impressive. Um, and it's there's no no slouch of opponents at at Cody Lauk. And, well, and and in the wrestling world, for those that are not familiar with the wrestling world, Lowry is a perennial top top team, uh, somewhat similar to Spanish Springs in our area, but. Uh, the Winnemucca kids bring it. Yeah, and uh, Spanish Springs will will be a team that, as uh, as head coach Nicholas Redwine always says, they are the cream until they're not. Right? I mean, somebody's gonna have to somebody's gonna have to knock them off, and I don't think I've seen it yet. And this is my my fifth year here, so we'll we'll see how that shakes out. Um, jumping into some of these results, Sage eighty took first place in the two hundred and fifteen pound uh, weight bracket for Douglas. He went. 5-0 and oh on the afternoon with four of those wins coming by pin. 
Uh, uh, his second round win was by Techfall, 18-2 there. So pretty impressive. His first place match went down to the wire, but he ended up taking out John Thompson of Yarrington uh, with a pin in the third round. 80 is 10-0 so far this season. So a good start to the year for Sage. Um, Aaron Tekanzik took third place in at the 190 weight, uh, 190 pound division. Excuse me, I couldn't really get that one out. Uh, he had three pins to start things before losing in the semifinal to uh, a wrestler from Lowry, but bounced back with another win by pin and then a major decision win over Cole Lemons of Reno. Take third place there. He is 10 and 1 on the season, so that only loss coming to Luke Fentress of Lowry at 157 pounds. Dalton Nixon won his bracket. He had four wins by pin, and then his second round win over Carson's A.J. Marhefko by 11-7 decision uh, got him across there. So a good result for Dalton Nixon. Colton Zinn was second as well in the 150-pound weight class. He got an opening round by and then proceeded to get four pins en route to a Bracket, second place finish there. Colton's in eight and one. Dalton Nixon nine and one. Like we said, Aaron Tekanzik at ten and one. A lot of a lot of good starts for for Douglas through the first two weeks. Uh, that's not even to include Gunnar Bleeker, who was second at one hundred and thirteen pounds. He's seven and one this season. He got an opening round by and then proceeded to pin his way through the one hundred and thirteen pound weight class, winning in three minutes and excuse me, finishing second, losing in that final one by pin, uh, but pinning his way to the finals there. Then, of course, Cody Highfill at 120 pounds. He took fourth. He lost in the quarterfinals by pin and then bounced back with three wins in a row, uh, one by pin, one by decision, and the other one by forfeit before falling in that third-place match. But like I said, Douglas, second place at the Cody Lauk Invitational. Pretty dang impressive, if I do say so myself. Flipping over to Carson, where they were fourth so a good result for, for Carson, and I imagine we're going to see Carson and Douglas wrestling kind of go back and forth this year. I think with uh, the turnout that you've seen from Douglas, this is they're, they're up this year, and you know Carson is always, as far as wrestling is concerned, always very competitive and, and does a good job at, at you know, whether they got a couple wrestlers or a bunch, they always seem to have, have quality finishes across the board uh, at 106 pounds. Jesse Oliva took first place there. He had two wins by decision in the semis and the finals. Jet Rupert was third overall. He had four wins in a row by pin after losing in the second round um, and then worked his way back with a forfeit win in the semis and, of course, another win by pin in the third place match there. Angel Vega, AJ Marhefka, and JT Heaton all took fourth place for Carson in their respective weight classes. Vega at 144 pounds, Marhefka at 157, and Heaton at 175. Uh, just real quickly bouncing through that, Vega went 6-1 and one in his tournament, winning five of his matches with pin Marhefka. Pretty much the same deal there. Got an opening round by, fell to Carson's, or excuse me, Douglas's Dalton Nixon, as I said earlier and then won five matches in a row to get into that third-place match before falling there. Uh, JT Heaton fell by major decision in his third-place match, but was 5-1 and one in his six matches prior to that there. Of course, can't forget about Dominic Porter, who won his weight class at the 285s. 
pretty much did so without without much uh, much issue, pinning all five opponents in the first round in all five matches. Pretty pretty impressive stuff there. And from talking to uh, Coach Redwine earlier, it sounds like Porter was one of the guys for Carson that did a, a ton this offseason as far as wrestling work and getting better is concerned. So I'm sure we'll hear more from them. We probably will have some wrestling guests here coming up uh in the next the next week or two we'll see we'll see just i don't want to i don't want to say we're going to have a whole bunch and then and then knock it there but we should at least have a couple so uh looking forward to that in hopefully next week's episode keep our fingers crossed there you know i gotta stay healthy right i can't i can't can't keep getting sick so uh hopefully hopefully that works out without too much flaws but jeff that's about what we got for results from this past week um it's just Kind of continuing to see what everybody's got in the bag as we get into the the winter break here. I know wrestling's got some some big tournaments coming up uh, through the end of December, but wrestling and basketball pretty much on on the road for the most part here in the early portions of the season. And then we'll we'll see what we have. We, like I said, we finally get a chance to see uh, Carson basketball in a league game this Thursday. And yeah, I'm I'm just anxious to not be stuck inside anymore so <laughs> well congratulations to ohio for uh the columbus crew winning the mls cup the first half was they just took it to them and i was just listening to a podcast this morning i was just raving to my family and of course they hate to hear me rave about anything that much but the second goal that columbus scored was magnificent and they were breaking it down on a podcast i was listening to and they rated it as the best team goal that's ever been scored in an MLS Cup final. So, uh, I, I, sorry, girls, you will be seeing that on my phone during practice because it was a thing <laughs> of beauty. So, uh, very subtle goal, but uh, a defensive center back passed the ball through the back line of the other team, and guy ran onto it and poked it in the goal. Just fantastic. So, congrats to. Uh, the Columbus crew and uh yeah that means my uh LAFC took another L this year but oh well next year all right we're not rooting for teams in LA now that Otani's a Dodger oh lord have mercy not doing it uh for those so just for some clarity we are taping this Tuesday morning um the contract details for Shohei Otani have pretty much uh been finalized been announced uh they were yesterday and He's going to defer $680 million of his $700 million until 2034. Uh, so he will make $2 million a year for the next decade. He will be the 17th highest paid player on the Dodgers. Um, he doesn't care because he makes $50 million in endorsements per year anyways. Um, but man, as far as competitive balance goes, you know, I'm going to sound like a salty Giants fan, which I am. I can you know, <laughs> hand up on that one. Um, but I'm I'm a little concerned for the state of the state of baseball. He's he's unique. You're not going to see this happen, right? This isn't going to become a new industry trend where these guys start pushing or deferring all this money, you know, till after they retire. Um, it's not it's not going to become normal, in my opinion. I think Otani is a bit of a unicorn. Well, there's, there's been some other athletes, big name athletes, over generations that did that and now are still reaping the rewards of that because I don't know if it was at the time they didn't think that they could not blow a hundred million dollars or whatever it was, but 
this is, I mean, that's it's smart thinking on his part. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to, and to be honest, it's it's not totally comparable because, uh, you know, Tom Brady didn't defer money like this, but it is comparable to, to Brady in the sense that, you know, Brady wanted to win, so Brady took less money. He took a pay cut, um, which Otani is not doing, but took a pay cut to get better players around him and to, to be able to win, and it's pretty obvious that that's what Shohei Otani wants to do, and unfortunately, the Giants fan is going to have to sit back and watch. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how clearly that last part came through, but uh, I'll make it's sure I be, boost it up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just oh man, it's 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 new for baseball, and you know I'm not sure it's good for baseball to be able to defer that much money. Um, his it's it's a little confusing to explain if you're not a, a baseball head as far as his contract hit because. While his he will only be paid two million dollars per year on payroll, his uh, hit against the competitive balance tax or CBT will be right around forty six to forty eight million dollars a year. So it's not going to be two million dollars a year, which was really my main concern because that's just didn't didn't ever seem fair. But it will be it will be significantly less than seventy million dollars a year, which is you know break down seven hundred divided by ten, which is his deal. Um, and nobody, nobody saw the number getting that big, Jeff. I there were a lot of, a lot of rumor mills about it could, could be five hundred. Well, he got hurt, so it may, may reach five hundred. No, seven hundred million dollars yeah, over ten yeah. years well, and, is and an absurd amount of money. We talked about it before that he was going to get the big payout, but man, alive, that's, that's a lot. Wow. Yeah, I, I yeah. said that and to my uh, daughters at the we were eating dinner and said that to them. He's, they're like, so he's he's almost a billionaire then, right? I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. He will he will be by the yeah. time by the time this contract's paid out uh, with the with the way he got that money deferred. If there's interest involved, it will probably be a billion dollars by the time everything is said and done, and the Dodgers don't care because they're going to make a ton of it back off oh, of. Yeah. Uh, Ad revenue and sponsorships. Well, how many Otani shirts are they going to sell? They probably have already sold uh, thousands. Can't imagine thousands. And, and you know, good for him. He didn't have to move. Um, the Dodgers were, <laughs> unfortunately, always the favorite. I I don't think anybody was under any impression otherwise. Uh, I I was hoping I could say it so many times that I would jinx it. Um, but I was, yeah. I mean, it it made too much sense. It it, it fit him too well and um just just made too much sense to for him to go to the dodgers and now everybody else is gonna have to pivot and uh yeah such a a hard player too because there's not a lot of players that can move from an american league team to a national league team and and contribute uh you know on the man and at the dish that that's so i mean it wasn't surprising. I I wasn't following it until I saw the headline. I'm like, well, okay, yeah, he'll fit right in. Dodgers will be fine. Yeah, it was a tough day in uh, national baseball journalism because they uh, it got butchered before he signed with the, the Dodgers. Um, it was very entertaining day, especially for somebody who was sick and sitting in bed. But and the Giants, uh, it was reported. It was reported that he was going to Toronto. Uh, he was on a plane. He was on a plane going to Toronto, um, and then he wasn't. Then he wasn't. Turns out he was sitting at home the whole time, never left. 
Uh, it was just a guy from Shark Tank on the plane, and uh, yeah, yeah, not <laughs> not, not great, um, not great there. You know, I guess I don't know. I don't need to get on a soapbox about that, but fun stuff going on. Lots to lots to check out this week on uh, NevadaPeelRecordCourier.com backslash news backslash sports for both those websites. Uh, like I said, plenty going on Thursday, more going on Saturday. Should be a good time. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Behind the Bench. Thanks, as always, for listening, and thank you today's sponsor. That is Played Against Sports, your best place to go for new and gently used sporting equipment needs. Located in the Top C Lane Shopping Center or online at www.playagainstsports. Uh, for Jeff Mulvihill, I'm Carter Eckel, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Take it easy.